Welcome to the Shift Gold Friday Gold Wrap, your overview of this week's precious metals news. It's Friday, January 28th. I'm your host, Mike Mahering. Thanks for tuning in. We're fighting inflation, and we mean it. Soon. Maybe. So, we had the first FOMC meeting of the year this week, and the Fed wasn't really any more hawkish than it was last month, and it certainly didn't do anything substantive, but everybody is on the freak out, oh my gosh, they're really going to do this train. Gold sold off on Thursday. The NASDAQ also had a big drop, almost 1.5%, but the Dow was only down 7 points, so we're seeing that rotation out of the momentum stocks that have benefited the most from the bubble. A Reuters article reported that banks are excited about bread and butter growth as the economy rebounds. They're going to take deposits and loan money as the economy expands. And the report said the Fed's moves could bring an end to the low interest rate environment which banks have faced for most of the past decade. So people actually think the Fed is going to raise rates and it's going to work. It's going to slay inflation and the economy is going to grow. They're nuts. Once again, people haven't come to grips with the fact that the Fed really can't fight inflation without wrecking the economy. What they're saying they're going to do is spitting into the ocean. And as far as people selling gold, they apparently still haven't really figured out that even though raising rates ostensibly raises the opportunity cost for holding gold, there is nothing happening to make you think that real rates are going to be positive anytime soon. This is a giant flim-flam. So let's dig into the Fed meeting a bit. So in a nutshell, despite everybody screaming about an inflation problem, the Fed will keep its loose inflationary monetary policy in play for at least two more months. Interest rates remain locked at zero. But the FOMC did say it will likely raise rates soon. Quote, with inflation well above 2% and a strong labor market, the committee expects it will soon be appropriate to raise the target range for the federal funds rate. Now, most analysts think that soon means at the March meeting, which is the next FOMC gathering. And Jerome Powell hinted at that during his press conference. But he did leave some wiggle room in the trajectory of the Fed's monetary policy, saying, quote, At this time, we haven't made any decisions about the path of policy. I stress again that we'll be humble and nimble. You notice that the Fed always leaves itself an out. And mark my words, if the markets crash, if the economy gets rickety, they'll use the out. Powell also indicated that the Fed would be data dependent. But if the Federal Reserve was depending on the data, it would have raised interest rates a long time ago. I mean, it's been clear for a long time inflation ain't transitory, right? Now, it's important to reiterate that despite the inflation freight train, the Fed left interest rates at zero. If the central bank was really ready to go to war with inflation, why wait until March? Why is it still pouring gasoline on this inflation fire? I mean, you can't get much more inflationary than 0% interest rates, right? That's where we are. Don't you think if this was really a serious problem, as serious as everybody seems to think, they'd be raising rates now or maybe yesterday? Why wait until March? This tells me that they don't want to, and that they're hoping against hope that they won't have to. You know, maybe inflation will just mysteriously ebb. Because, you know, I know, everybody knows that any significant tightening is going to tank this economy. 
Anyway, the FOMC has also offered some more details on significantly reducing, that's how they put it, the Fed's massive balance sheet. The central bankers said the plan was to reduce the balance sheet primarily by limiting how much principal it rolls over from its maturing bonds. But the FOMC did not set a specific date for the beginning of quantitative tightening, nor did it offer any hint on how much it would ultimately pare down its nearly 9 trillion dollar balance sheet. But the FOMC said it was not only going to reduce the size of the balance sheet, it's also going to change its makeup. It's going to shift away from mortgage-backed securities and weigh its holdings more toward U.S. Treasuries. Not good news if you're thinking about buying a house in the near future. Um, Of course, this comes as no surprise, given that the federal government needs the Fed to keep its big fat thumb on the Treasury market in order to finance its massive deficits. That's another issue almost nobody is talking about. The Fed has been monetizing these massive deficits for two years. What happens when it suddenly stops? A friend of mine made a graphic that illustrates the problem. If the Fed was to take the interest rate to 10%, a realistic number if it actually intends to fight 7% inflation, the annual interest on the debt would grow by over $5 trillion. During his press conference, Powell said the balance sheet reduction would begin at the, quote, appropriate time. But he then said he didn't have a specific timeline and that the FOMC hadn't discussed it. Really? They haven't talked about this? What are they talking about? Patrick Mahomes taking the Chiefs down to score in 13 seconds? So the Fed hasn't done anything yet. Let me re-emphasize that. It hasn't done a daggone thing. But the prospect of double tightening really has got the markets going. That's the process that seems so incredibly hawkish. Now, when I say double tightening, I mean raising rates and balance sheet reduction at the same time. You know, it's kind of funny. One of the phrases that Powell repeated several times in his press conference was that balance sheet runoff would be in the background. You know, it reminds me of when it was on autopilot. It's like, hey, you won't even notice this is happening. So what happened the last time we had double tightening? You know, it wasn't that long ago. It was 2018 to be exact. And how did that work out? The central bank was forced to abandon both rate hikes and balance sheet reduction when the stock market tanked. By the end of 2019, the Fed had cut rates and had pivoted back to quantitative easing. It seems highly unlikely that the Fed will be able to pull off double tightening today with an even bigger stock market bubble and an economy even more levered up with debt. Even the mainstream has realized that raising rates will exacerbate a global debt crisis. I'll link to an article about that on the show notes page. But hey, Powell assures us that the economy is much stronger now than it was the last time the Fed tightened. This was right before we got news that the GDP came in even better than expected during Q4 of 2021. And the mainstream is breathlessly reporting that 2021 gave us the best GDP performance in nearly four decades. Well, yeah, we went from an economy completely shut down in 2020. Of course, 2021 is going to look good because these are all year-on-year comparisons. You know, if I didn't go to the gym one time last year, and then this year I go to the gym four times, well, that's tremendous growth in my workout routine, right? But you know, four times in a year, still pretty weak. And how did we get all of this economic growth? A Reuters article tells us in black and white, quote, growth last year was fueled by massive fiscal stimulus as well as very low interest rates. 
You know, the stimulus that's over and the interest rates that the Fed is supposedly about to ratchet up. But I'm supposed to believe that the economic growth is going to continue absent the very thing that caused it because, because of the reasons. Because Jerome Powell says so. Yeah, this is a total flimflam. It seems more likely that the Fed is about to spin the economy into a recession. And I'm not the only one who thinks this. There are some voices of sanity out there. Quill Intelligence CEO Danielle DiMartino Booth told Kitco News that she thinks this tightening cycle could plunge the economy into a recession and that it could happen pretty darn quickly. Quote, I think a recession could happen in a very compressed way because we have seen, as opposed to an economic recovery that stretches out over 10 or 11 years, we've seen a very compressed economic cycle this time, and the Fed has shifted from a loosening stance to a tightening stance in what feels like record time. So there's absolutely no reason to think that the market will not start to anticipate the inversion of the yield curve and even move up expectations for when the economy slides into recession. So, let's summarize. The Fed and the U.S. government have created a supposedly booming economy with stimulus and low interest rates. The low rates have encouraged people to borrow and spend billions to prop up this borrow and spend bubble. Now they're about to pull the rug out. No more stimulus, no more low interest rates, no more Fed monetizing the massive government deficits. And I'm supposed to believe that the economy is going to keep roaring along absent the only thing that fueled it to begin with. And I'm supposed to believe that a 2% hike in interest rates over the next two years is going to slay 7% inflation, which is really 15% inflation if measured honestly. Yeah, I don't believe any of this, and I don't think the Fed can raise rates or run off its balance sheet enough to get ahead of the inflation curve. I think Powell and company will surrender as soon as the stock market really starts to crash and the economy shows signs of being creaky, just like they did last time. That's the MO. That's how they roll over there at the Eccles building. I have no reason to believe that this time is going to be any different. But I do think they can raise rates enough to prick the bubble. The last time they got to, what, 2.5% before the bottom fell off? Now the balance sheet is twice as big. There's even more debt. The bubble is bigger. I think the whole thing goes off the rails by 1%. So they'll rotate out of tightening back into easing, but inflation will still be roaring. What do we call this? What happens when the economy goes south and inflation rages? Stagflation. I think that's what we get at the end of this road. Now, of what they're telling us, nothing in the mainstream narrative makes any sense. If your time horizon extends farther than three months ago and tomorrow, it is obvious this can't play out the way the markets are thinking. It is a big flim-flam. So follow the crowd and sell your gold if you want. But if you're inclined to avoid flim-flams, this is a great time to talk to a shift gold precious metal specialist. You can call him today, 1-888-GOLD-160, or you can shoot him an email at info at shiftgold.com. These guys are fantastic. As I've said, they will look at your individual situation, your portfolio, your investment goals, and show you how precious metals can fit into your investment strategy. So do that today. Well, that is a gold wrap for this week. You can get more information on all of these stories and more. And of course, keep up with the latest precious metals news and analysis over at shiftgold.com news. If you haven't done it already, you can subscribe to the Friday Gold Wrap podcast. We're on uh, Apple Podcasts. We're on Stitcher. We're on the YouTubes. Um, check out all of the links for those things over on the show notes page, along with our social media links. 
Uh, I appreciate you listening to the show. And of course, I will talk to you again next week. 